It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M, and it's Friday, which means it's asking Aggies time. Here was the news. Uh, there was supposed to be a guest that was supposed to come on today. I'll just let you know right now. It was Justin Mello from Titan CMC and Draft Wire of USA Today. He has some reports about Justin Matabike, a former Texas A&M defensive tackle who was expected to actually be in contention for the number 29 draft spot where the Tennessee Titans will be drafting this year. And unfortunately, just due to some certain events going on with his real life outside world, he was unable to come on the show today. It's sad. It's just a reality of it. There's nothing that really any of us can do. We're just hoping that, you know, whatever's going on with him and his life, we can hope that he can get better. But he will be on the show later next week to be able to give us some more coverage surrounding the NFL draft. So today, we're going back to Ask an Aggies. Ask an Aggies is part of a show I get questions asked throughout the week of what I think of a situation, what I think of what's going on around AM, what I think about uh, going on with these players at the NFL level. All of those names kind of put in together. I try to figure out which way... I can answer these best. So we're going to bring that section back today instead of having a guest. Remember, Justin will be on later this week. But before we begin the show, make sure you're following us at Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one podcast for all things Texas A&M related. You can check out all of our great content found at LockedOnPodcast.com. And second, if you like the show, if you like me, if you think that I'm good, if you want to give me public criticism, I don't care. However you want to reach out to me and tell me that this show is good or bad, I love personal feedback, and you can do that at Mr. Cole Thompson. It's simple. I am a mister. My name is Cole Thompson. That's it. Don't wear it out. At Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. We got some news that we always like to do before the show. You know, we've been doing the bracket thing, so I like to savor some news that's going around the league, but I think I need to bring this up to conversation because this is a big part of what is going on in the world today with COVID-19. Uh, the One of the biggest things that's been not mentioned is recruiting. Uh, recruiting has had its dead period for the NCAA for a while because of the season was over. They had to take some time, but they usually start it back up. In April, last month, the NCAA decided to suspend on and off-campus visit recruiting until April 15th due to the spread of COVID-19. However, the first day of April, the NCAA decided to push that deadline even further. Yesterday, the NCAA announced that the dead period for recruiting would be extended through May 31st. So now it's pushed back almost 60 days from what it was originally supposed to be, uh, 45 days from what it was really supposed to be. The organization will continue to work with the health experts to determine when it is safe to resume recruiting activity as normal the ncaa announced its decision via tweet here was the tweet uh the ends the division one council coordination committee and the division two administrative committee extended their recruiting dead period through may 31st the committees will continue to be guided by experts to determine whenever a date needs to be extended this last extension means that there will be no official or unofficial visits for football in the spring so basically uh there will be no uh, spring signees for basketball transfers uh, will have to have made a decision without even having to visit a school. So let me explain this to you in another way. We'll use transfer players as an example. When you transfer from your school, say you are a graduate and last second you're like, you know what? I want to put my name in the transfer portal. 
I'm going to go play somewhere else, whether it be basketball, whether it be football, whether it be baseball, whatever you want. You now are going in blind to a college. You have to say, I'm going to go play for this school, even though I've never visited the campus. I have no idea what the culture is like. I have no idea what my role will be to fit into this type of roster. I have no idea how much playing time I'm going to get. I just have to trust my gut and say, I'm going to go here. And now, if I do go here, I got to make the best of the situation. Or you could take your name out of the transfer portal. But what happens is, is now teams have the option to say, you know what? You left us. We don't want you anymore. You're gone. And that's a reality of it. They can literally tell you that just because you enter your name in the transfer portal, you no longer have a scholarship to play for our team. And you now have to come in as a walk-on and your parents are financially responsible for it. You have to pay a ton of money to be able to make a name for yourself. So it's a lot of just wondering, okay, what do I do next? Those are things that I think really come to the attention of this virus that has been going around and isn't dying anytime soon. I, I look for those guys, of course, the, the people who want to sign early or want to uh, declare their intent to sign with the program as, you know, it's a loss. Because if you want to be on campus, you want to be able to see, you know, spring practice for football. You want to be able to see which positions, you know, maybe you fit. Maybe you're on the fence and you're like, yeah, let me go recruit one more place, but I really love the school. You're not going to be able to do that. And, and that stinks, and I know it does. But the transfer kids, you have to feel worse for because you're going in without a clue of what your role is going to be, how you fit with the system, where you are, and if you even are going to be part of the process to become a player. Transfer players leave schools in order to gain more starting attention, more national recognition, to boost their draft stock if they want to go play at the professional level, which a lot of kids do. I mean, trust me, when I was 18 years old, I wanted to go play professional football. There was no way I was going to play. No way. I'm five foot eight. I weighed 155 pounds, and I was playing safety. No way was I going to make it to the collegiate level of anything other than a D3 school, and they were going to move me to a slot cornerback position on special teams at most. That'd be at most, and that'd be probably my senior year just to be on the roster. Which, by the way, D3, you don't have a scholarship. You just go and play, and if you're good enough, they somehow kind of help out with some other things. But back to my point. Transfer players not getting an opportunity to go in and play... It just means that there's more problems that are coming up than what has been happening. We already know that spring sports will have eligibility and there'll be a ton of things to look at because of you're going to look at, you know, player coaches, you're going to look at roster spots, you're going to look at extended rosters, you're going to have to worry about flight travel plans for more people on the flight. You're going to have to look at all those extremities and all those bills at some point, but at least we have an answer there. Transfer players not having the ability to make a name for themselves because of they have to sit behind a roster spot and hope that something goes right for them is a big blow. It is. There's nothing that I look at here where if you wanted to leave AM or if you want to come to AM, Buzz Williams is in dead period. You can try and talk, but there's not a lot you can do. You can't see the facilities. You can't see what you're getting yourself into. You got to go say, yeah, I want to go play for Buzz Williams, and I'm done. 
And then you just have to hope that basketball season won't be canceled next year. Or whenever this happens. You have no idea what's going to happen next. So unfortunately, the reality is is that this is a big blow for a recruiting period. Not just for the spring signings, but more so for the transfers. Because this could be their last shot. And they're just going to stick their neck out there and go, All right, let's see what I got. Again, we already mentioned today is going to be Asking Aggies. It's the part of the show where I answer questions found off the internet that you want to know about Texas A&M, and we'll be breaking down those in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, let me get your opinion on something. Do you like quality content from people who know what they're talking about in the sport that you love most? Simple. Why not download a Locked on Podcast today? We have over two dozen college sports shows, plus a ton of talent at the NHL, the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, and fantasy sports for your listening ears. So go ahead, tune right in, and download Locked On any podcast. So LockedOnPodcast.com and listen to any one of your favorite podcasts, whether it be the Longhorns, the Aggies, you know you love the rivalry, but no matter what, download a Locked On podcast today. It's Friday, which means it's Ask an Aggie time. We have your questions ready and geared up. First one comes from Loretta. Loretta asks, which position do you think is going to be the deepest next year for Texas A&M football? Question, if there is football. That's a good question. Um, I'm going to go out with a blank space right here, and I'm going to surprise some people. I am going to go with the tight end position. Hear me out, because I know a lot of people are going to have opinions on what they think is going to be you know, the, 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 the consensus uh, it should be quarterback. Maybe it should be linebacker safety. It's, it's tight end because of when you look at what Jalen Weidemeyer did last year as starting the year off as a third teamer wasn't even considered for the starting job. He was not even considered as the true secondary guy. He was considered as probably the third or fourth option. That was really it for him. He wasn't supposed to be anything special or have a name for himself. Instead, he comes in because you have Baylor Cup getting hurt, you know, breaking his leg, having to have surgery week one. And he has now the most, the second most uh, touchdowns for a tight end in school history. He was phenomenal last year coming out of Dickinson. He was such a talented player who built his success on very little to work with and only got better every single game. And I remember that first stretch during the SEC. Even if he wasn't a consistent weapon for Kellen Mond, he was a weapon when used. They would only target him about four or five times a game, but he would make a way. And I remember the Alabama game, he scored two touchdowns. And I think it was the, uh, what was it? The Ole Miss game, he had a 35-yard game. And that set up for the Kendrick Rogers touchdown. You have him coming back as a true true sophomore. Then you have a blocker in Glenn Beal, who I think is going to dominate the trenches and really help out solidifying the passageways for Isaiah Spiller uh, and, and whoever else is in the backfield. Devin Acney is another name. They're going to have a great run scheme in the red zone for whoever's in lined up in that backfield. And then you have Baylor Cup. This was the number one tight end prospect in the nation last year, or 2018, my bad. And he was number eight in Texas as the overall player. 
number 53 overall in the country. Four-star recruit, uh, grayed out with a about a 9.7 grade overall by what people said. This was supposed to be <coughs> the best player on AM's offense for the future. They lost Jay Sternberger to the draft. They brought in Baylor Cup. I look at Cup and what I've seen from him, and it is phenomenal, his high school tape. His high school tape is out of this world fantastic. And then, of course, you have Blake Smith. He was the number 74 prospect in the state of Texas, the number 24 tight end. Very similar to what Jalen Weidemeyer was. Number 15 tight end. Uh, same with um, same with Glenn Beal. Number 26 tight end. Number 24 in Louisiana. Number 45 in Texas. 74 in Texas. Smith is going to be a guy who I think could be that flex option if you want to use him in that pass. South Lake Carroll, the one thing that they love to do is they love to run the open field and their tight ends usually play in the slot position, maybe just about halfway between what you would run in a trips option uh, in between the slot uh, slot receiver and the tackle. He stands right there, right in the middle, and it's dump passes. Literally, and they pick up first downs, and they consistently find ways to break open in the field. So Smith, I think, would be using that option. You now have four capable tight ends of expanding plays, keeping drives alive, and scoring touchdowns. You don't know what you have at wide receiver. You don't know what you have at running back. You definitely have no idea if the offensive line is going to improve next year. Tight end is the deepest position for Texas A&M, and it's going to be a position that I think keeps them in contention for the upcoming season. Overall, you know that you have to find a way to replace the production of what Courtney Davis and Kendrick Rogers will leave but you're banking on you know younger guys like Moose Muhammad, Damon Damas, hopefully Cameron Buckley comes back and has a big time year to be those guys. Tight end, you know what you have. You know you have a pass catching, great dual threat guy in Jalen Weidemeyer. You know you're going to have one of the biggest names in Baylor Cup making his way through the offense next year. Blake Smith, probably the receiving option. Glenn Beal, the blocking option. You have covered every single little thing when it comes to the tight end position. Next question comes up. How long do you think spring sports will be inactive? Do you think that this will go into the fall? Yeah, that's tough. That's a tough one because honestly right now you have no idea what's going on. The biggest thing I think that we're going to see first come back is the MLB. Their season still hasn't started. They said that their season would be postponed for right now. They were waiting. Waiting to see what comes next. Uh, I think that when this is all over, they'll want to get some sport back on the lineup, and I think baseball is the easiest to kind of bring in. They will decide what they want to do with their season, uh, and if that's the case, if they can get it back up by say early June, I don't worry about this being a big deal. I don't think the fall sports will be affected. I don't at all. Uh, say baseball is pushed back to July and after the All Star break. Now we have some questions and some concerns that I do wonder about uh, because you do want to have time for your players to get ready, you know, kind of get used to the system, and they're going to have about five months of working out on their own, trying to figure out what they're going to be, how they're going to stay in shape, how they're maintaining their process, how they're able to pick up on blitzes, pick up in packages, watch the film. I mean, it, it, when you're a college athlete, it's a, it's a job. That's the only way to put it. You don't go to school. And you know what, Cardinal Jones, as much as it was a 
dumb thing for him to say. He went to school to be a football player. He didn't go to school to get his master's in business marketing. He went to go play football. Because it's a job there. If this is pushed back all the way up until August, like say around the SEC meetings is when the SEC meetings are already been canceled, this is the first real time we're getting to see what's going to happen with this team. Yeah, I do think football will be postponed a little bit. Do I think it will be canceled for the year? No, I don't. If this is going on in September, yes, I do. I 100% do believe football will not continue this year and that we will have another almost full year of nothing to do because, unfortunately, that's the reality in the realm we are living in right now. But until that happens, I don't see it going that way. I see this coming to a close sooner than probably most. Maybe that's just me being optimistic instead of just banking on you know something else happening. But I do believe that absolutely, without a doubt you can find a way to make this work and maybe only push this back by half a, like one game, two games. Mid-September, the season starts instead of the Labor Day weekend. And if that's the case, I don't think that's that bad. I think you can figure out what to do next. And there's hope there. So I'm not going to disagree and say that fall, fall sports will be canceled because I don't think it will happen. But there's going to be a lot of things that go into if this continues. How much are we going to push this back? What's the next phase of action? What do we do next? What can we do to step up our stuff? And after all that, I think we have a better answer. We still have two more questions coming up here on Locked on Aggies for you from Ask and Aggies. And we'll be breaking down those in just a quick moment. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Aggies is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Texas A&M fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. No, not any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Texas A&M fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local fans love to support local businesses. So text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On Advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. And remember, gig them y'all. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're following us on social media at Locked On Aggies and at Mr. Cole Thompson. We love feedback. We love criticism. We love hearing what you love about the show and what you hate about the show. So we can always find ways to be better. So make sure you're following us at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked On Aggies. Next question from Locked On Aggies comes from David Morgan. David asks, do you think that with this time off, Jimbo Fisher could think of having a new person under center instead of Mond? No. In fact, that's the last thing I think. I think that now Mond solidifies himself as the day one starter without a doubt. And this is before I already thought he was. 
you have to realize that without spring football, without all these spring events going on, without anything to really bring up in conversation, you're now banking on the hope that someone will get an opportunity to, you know, see this come to an end. There'll be a vaccine coming and this will be coming closer and closer to a close so life can come back to normal. You have players who aren't even on campus, not in high school anymore. Haynes King is the guy who I think a lot of people are talking about possibly coming in and taking over. He's on campus. He had, what, two months? If that, month and a half to really kind of figure out what was the next face of his career, learning under Jimbo Fisher. And now Fisher can only do 90-minute meetings a week with his players, and now he has to spend it all on a freshman? No. No. Zach Calzada would be the guy who I think would take over over Mond, but I don't think even he's ready. This might be a blessing in disguise for Mond keeping his starting job for the next year because I do think that with him and with the roster the way it is and because of COVID-19 going on, they're going to have to play the guy who is most ready to go out there, and it's Kellen Mond. And whether you like him or not, He knows the system. He knows the offense. He's been in it for two years. You are in a year where you can win the SEC, in my personal opinion. Ten wins is plausible. Let me phrase that. Let me phrase that. That, that, That's horrible. Ten wins should be the minimum of what Jimbo Fisher's thinking this year because of his schedule that he has. Vanderbilt, you have Vandy over the likes of Georgia. That's a win. Colorado over Clemson. And they just lost their head coach in a span of overnight because Mark D'Antonio decided to call it quits because he knew he was getting to quit it for something. That's a win. This is a 10-year, 10-win program this year. And if not, one, Fisher's on the hot seat. I'm always going to come out and say it. Fisher will be on the hot seat if he does not get 10 wins. And the only reason he doesn't get 10 wins is because he's probably putting in another quarterback who isn't ready to play right away like Kellen Mond should. So Kellen Mond should be the starter heading into the season. No questions asked. And because of COVID-19, you can just book that right now. There's not going to be a quarterback battle. It's going to be a quarterback battle week six, not week one. That is Kellen Mond for sure. Last question comes from Emma Neal. Emma asks, Cole, you seem to be really high on Mike Evans and his progression in the NFL. With the addition of Tom Brady, do you believe he will become the all-time receptions leader for a single season in either touchdowns or receiving yards? This is a question I love because the crazy thing is it's almost impossible to beat this record. That was set in 2012 by Calvin Johnson, uh, 1,964 yards. The closest was the 2015 year with Julio Jones. He had 1,871 yards. Before that, it was Jerry Rice in 1995 with 1,848 yards. When you look at Mike Evans' numbers, he's been a guy who has been consistent, and I bring that up all the time. I do that because of there's not enough people out there who respect Mike Evans' game since coming in the league in 2014, you always hear about the Odell Beckham Juniors and the Antonio Browns. Mike Evans has been up there. And in his best year, which came in 2018, you saw him have uh, 1,524 receiving yards and eight touchdowns. That was a down year for his quarterback, Jameis Winston. 2,992 yards, 19 touchdowns, and 14 interceptions. One of the worst he's ever had in his career. That was actually his worst 
in 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 um in passing in his career in 2018. Yeah, he still had 1,500 of his passing yards go to Mike Evans. I wonder if Tom Brady, and I had this conversation with someone earlier this week. I've seen guys go to the NFL and have a stellar career with one team. And then they go and leave that team because they want to continue to play. And the, the franchise is either moving on from them or they're deciding they don't want to be in the system anymore. And the biggest two names I look at are Peyton Manning and Joe Montana. Joe Montana headed to Kansas City and he didn't do anything out there. And that's why people don't talk about his time in Kansas City. They only look at him as a San Francisco 49er. Then you look at Peyton Manning. In both Indianapolis and in Denver, he brought them to two Super Bowls apiece and won one each time. So he was at a still high-capacity MVP-like level in Denver even though he was just coming off of a major, major surgery on his neck. So I wonder, is Tom Brady going to be Joe Montana or Peyton Manning? And I do think that while, yeah, it's a two-year deal worth $50 million, it's really, that's it. I think that if he goes anywhere else, he'll go back to New England for one final year. I don't see him playing past it, especially if the team does not want to pick him up for a longer deal you know, past the 2020 one season. So overall, I think that if he is Joe Montana, there's no way. Mike Evans may even wonder if he's going to even hit a thousand yards that year because of how much Brady will regress. If he's Peyton Manning, I don't think he will ever beat the touchdown record. I, I don't even think that that's ever going to be beaten. Because when you look at what Randy Moss did, he had 23 touchdowns in one game. The The only person who's come close is Jerry Rice in 1987 with the San Francisco 49ers. Ever since then, Mark Clayton, Sterling Sharp, uh, Chris Carter, Bill Groman, Rob Gronkowski, Elroy Hurst, Don Hudson, Randy Moss, three straight, uh, two straight seasons, Carl Pickens, and Jerry Rice once again all had 18 or less. 23 is an unheard of number. I don't think that you will ever see him break that record. But I do think if there is a record to be broken, Mike Evans in the next two years will have a shot to break the single-season receiving yard record. And if so, will that finally put him in the category of actually being one of the top receivers in the NFL? That's going to do it for this week of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. Coming Monday, we have Justin Mello coming onto the show. He'll be breaking down what he thinks of the Texas A&M prospects, and then we'll go right back into our bracket, our Elite Eight, our Final Four, and last but certainly not least, our championship. Don't go anywhere. We will see you on Monday. And remember, gig him, y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.